Coming up on the Men at the Movies podcast, I sit down with Will Brainer to discuss the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. Great stories have layers of complexities and are new each time we watch it. So we explore the power of language and the danger of miscommunication. We can use kindness and love as powerful catalysts to solve the dilemmas we face. So get ready, because we're going to get sucked into a bagel. And let's discover God's truth in this movie. The movies and stories we love are gateways to see ourselves and God in new ways. Every great story borrows its power from a larger story. The story that's written on our hearts and woven into the fabric of our very being. Hello and Happy New Year and welcome to the Men at the Movies podcast. My name is Paul McDonald and joining me today here live in the house is my friend Will Brainer. Hey Will, how are you doing today? What's going on? How are you? It's good to be back. Good. Yeah, it's been a while. We're in an entirely different space. We're not crowded in a closet like we were last time we recorded. Sometimes it's nice to be crowded in a closet, intimate, but no, this is good. There's some space between us this time. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Grayson will appreciate it because there won't be as much mic bleed That's since true, we have yeah. a little more space between the mics. That's right. Hey, Grayson. <laughs> Hope this audio is good for you. <laughs> well, because last time you were, we were in the closet, which is basically the echo chamber reverberating back into your microphone. Right, right, right. So yeah. it's just like, oh, so much echo. <laughs> causing so, problems for your sound engineer we yeah. love it yeah, yeah. he's good. gonna he's gonna increase my rates that's right that's right <laughs> so what are you up to these days um, i mean it's been like almost two years i think yeah it's been a couple of years i think this was we were like ending the pandemic last time i was on here it was like 2021 2020 yeah somewhere in there end of 2020 or early 2021 yeah i've been doing a uh a ton of acting just did uh just did my big TV debut. It comes out in August on Dave, uh, the little Dicky rap show <laughs> on FX and Hulu. So that's fun. That'll be uh, coming out. We'll uh, we'll see how it turns out. Like you just never know how the edit will You'll turn lose out. All your lines. Well, yeah, it was, be, basically be the back of your head. Yeah, it could scene. be. You know, it was just one <laughs> one scene with um, you know a couple of the series regulars. But you know, they could either it could be two seconds, two lines, or it could be a full. Three minutes, but I was improving for like three hours on this comedy show. And that's just kind of the sweet spot. I don't always get to be funny and um, kind of slowly stepping into my comedy and my and my goofy self uh, professionally. Normally yeah. it's like serious villains and stuff like that, which I did. I just did a, um, a Halloween movie on Halloween that shot uh, during that, which was a great way to get <laughs> in the spirit. And it's uh, based on a 1962 massacre that occurred and I was playing a uh, uh a rich guy on that so a rich rich mean guy who gets killed off spoiler um, <laughs> and then yeah just just about to head to LA to do another another show and got some stuff coming up so by, yeah uh, so this this and this is with star kids right yeah 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 the star so kids star kids from what I understand they they do these shows right and then they put them on YouTube right and they like Lots of subscribers. Lots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a big following and it's pretty, it started at the University of Michigan um, with an actor called Darren Chris, who's on Glee and he's, he's off doing a bunch of stuff. He's on the Versace, one of the SAG awards and Golden Globes and stuff for his part on the, the murder, the assassination of Versace mm -hmm. on Netflix. 
And, um, and they did a very Potter musical, a parody of Harry Potter with, you know, just twisting all the <laughs> characters in funny ways. And, uh, and that absolutely took off. And from there, Starkid has just created parody musical after parody musical and then their own original stuff. So one of my favorites is one called Twisted. And it's from the viewpoint of Jafar, where Jafar is the good guy and Aladdin <laughs> is actually an evil person uh, just causing havoc in the land. And Jafar is just trying to get a hold of it. Um, and, and so this one I'm about to do is called Nerdy Prudes Must Die. And I play Max Jaegerman, who's a football star, trying to uh, eradicate the nerds from the school. So it's going to be so fun. <laughs> it's so raunchy. It's so wrong. But uh, it's, it's kind of fun to go there. And I, I can't wait to get out there. So that's where I'm headed next. And so about. people will be able to watch that. At some point right. on YouTube. And, that, and what's cool about that, that's a theater musical. That's an original musical. And then they stick it on YouTube and, you know, their last one got 5 million views or so. And so we'll see, we'll see how this one does, but it's really cool. Cause it's, you know, it's combining two things I love. It's combining filmmaking and, you know, in this new age, it's giving everyone access to their musical. I think, um, sometimes when I do Broadway shows, there's a big problem where not everyone can afford $300 a ticket. Right. And so in a, in a big way, Star Kid is, you know, I've, I've known about them, you know, I, I went to the university of Michigan, so I've been connected to this. I can't believe I'll get to do a star kid show now. That's it's, <laughs> uh, it's really hilarious. They've been on my radar forever. And, um, and I'm just so happy that they, uh, they are connecting the younger generation to musical theater. Cause a, a lot of times, you know, if you're from Arizona, I don't know what kind of, you know, you, you have community theater and you have, you know, your college shows and that, and that sort of thing. There's an ecosystem there, but they're presenting something really high quality that, everyone can watch for free or right. with an eight ninety nine a month subscription <laughs> ad free, you know, <laughs> right. right. But and, and there are a lot of ads for sure. Oh, totally. Totally. That's, <laughs> and they got to get paid. Right. Kudos I mean, that's how to, they, they pay the bills to do it. But, oh yeah, definitely. Um, definitely check that out. Uh, maybe have a nice glass of whiskey and be ready for, <laughs> to hear some bad words and some, some hilariously wrong oh situations, gosh. but yeah, it'll be good. And that's, you know, part of my, and if you don't like musicals, there's even a show called, what is it? The man who the, hated yeah, musicals. Yeah, the guy who doesn't like musicals <laughs> and it's hilarious. It's, it's, it's uh, I watched it, that, started watching that the other day with my daughter and yeah, it was really enjoyable. And then her, her, I think her son woke up and I'm like, yeah, not fit for yeah. two years old, two year old ears. I really like projects that like can unleash me, you know, like I just, just come up with funny stuff and just be goofy, be yourself um, or be a version of yourself as this character and access all those parts. And I'm pumped about this Max Yeagerman character. Cause I've been, you know, I've, I've been bullied and done some bullying in my time and been, been a bad guy. And he's a hilarious, hilariously wrong caricature of, of what, an, what a, a mean athlete is that we come, come to know. And it's got this thriller component to it. So I'm, I'm just so excited. So, so yeah, so watch it and then hate Will during. The <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and that's always fun too. You know, I, I, I think I'm a pretty fun, um, kind person and someone's got to play these parts, you know? So right. it's, it's nice to be able to step up. My, my part on Dave is like a racist Texas Southern guy who is getting interviewed drunk at a bar and, and saying all sorts of, of stuff. So I have no idea what's going to come out of there, but I had to improv, um, with some dicey, not even dicey material. They just said, go and like trying to find that line of what is acceptable for the show and knowing your audience and knowing 
what the director Wait, might so want. you're saying Dave has a line? Because I've yeah, watched some of those. Right. And there's no lines that I've seen. Well, there was a couple <laughs> couple things I said that they were like, yeah, don't say that, you know? And it's like, okay, well, you know. And there's no judgment in that. We're just right. like trying to find our way through it as actors. And as, you yeah. know, especially as a guest star, co-star stepping into a show, you you have only so much time to learn their language. They've been on set every right. day, 18 hours a day. They know right what that tone is. And it's your job to kind of look around, watch, take your cues off the series regulars and then follow their league. And luckily Travis Bennett, he plays a uh, taco on the show. Um, was at, we were bantering for like four hours before the thing started. So we just kind of continued that banter and like camaraderie. And I felt just completely supported and it, what a, what a great environment to, you know, make my first big gig on. It's yeah. pretty, pretty exciting. So, yeah. So you got Dave coming up, you did, uh, got star kids coming up, but the big one, I think the, that you're super excited about. Yeah. And we can't, so, so making my Broadway debut, but we can't, I can't tell you what show it is yet. That's gotta, gotcha. we, we gotta, we gotta, um, cross some T's and dots. Gotcha. And for so we got, he's that. got other stuff coming up. It's good. It's going to be good. We'll be in New York doing yeah. something for hopefully a very long time, which would be great. I'm so excited <laughs> and it's movie related. That's all that, that's all I'll say. <laughs> He's trying to pull me up. Paul's sending me like signals right now. Like, come on, tell him, tell him you can do it. And uh, yeah, we'll probably, we'll might have to plan a road trip because there's people that would enjoy that show enough. That would be like, I have people who's like, want to do that movie on the podcast. Yeah, totally. And you know what we should do is do a podcast at the theater in the dressing room. Oh my, that would be awesome. (laughs) Men at the movies on location. There we go. It's probably September, right? Yeah, September. After, yeah. 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 We're we definitely, time. Stephanie and I we are definitely like, We got to okay, get so. the Star Kid thing going and then we'll, yeah. uh, the, we'll be in rehearsals for quite a while. Yeah. So I'm excited. But what we're here to talk about. Oh yeah. Primarily is everything, everywhere, all at once. Mouthful of a title. Mouthful. When you say. Mouthful of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It is. And I remember you told me uh, probably close to a year now ish. I'm not sure when it came out in 22. Yeah. 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 It was in maybe it was probably like April ish. I, I saw it in, I was on tour with Mean Girls the musical. And I'll actually give you the story of how I wandered into this film. You go, Len Coco. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so I'm on, I'm on the road and, and all of a sudden I start getting like this movie comes out and people are like, Will, go see this film. Don't, watch any trailers. Don't look at anything. It is one of the best movies I've ever seen. And when someone tells me that I immediately like, I'm not what? watching this yeah. for the next couple of years. <laughs> and it, it got upwards of like 20 people were like, go see this, but don't look at anything. And then finally one of my best friends was like, dude, go. And so I went with my buddy D Sean and, uh, who was on the road with me then. And we were joking. He's kind of a, he, he falls for a lot of my pranks and stuff. <laughs> and I told him that it was a, a sequel to Shang-Chi to, uh, to Shang-Chi. <laughs> that we were going to see Shang-Chi too. <laughs> not knowing anything about the movie. And then we sit in the seats and sure. Enough, I mean, the whole thing is in Mandarin and Chinese and, and, um, 
And we just start la- like I missed like the first seven minutes of this film <laughs> the first time I saw it. I've, I've seen it 10 times because we were laughing so hard because I had no idea. And I'm looking over at Deshaun being like, no, I promise I wasn't being offensive. I was like, I had no, I had no idea. I just was like wandering into a movie. So yeah, that was like, it was a, one of my favorite theatrical experiences. Cause I walked in and I knew nothing. I, I didn't know who was in it. I hadn't heard about it. I hadn't watched trailers. It was very uncharacteristic for something to like come under my radar and in, in such a big way. And it's now definitely in my top 10 of all time films. I, I've watched it 10 times, bought it on Amazon. I'll just put it on in the back when I just like am feeling lonely or, or <laughs> melancholy. It's like, it's like my little, uh, it's like an emotional support movie. And so, yeah, I know that feeling of, oh, you got to see this really because that's happened to all of us. So if you've got to see this and you see it, you're like, I don't know how to tell you this, but I thought it sucked. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Or just like people, uh, there's just so much content now to say yeah. that something is like the best thing ever. We hear it a lot. And my circle is a lot of actors who are just so, you know, they, they over-exaggerate. We embellish everything, including myself. I'm not, this is a personal call out to myself. So yeah, to, to hear something is the greatest thing ever. I probably do that three times a week. Oh, you've got to see this. Right. It's fantastic. And you well, see it and you're sports, like, it's good. Yeah. You know, the hyperbole of this is the greatest comeback of all time. Right. You're like, dude, you're just saying that because it just happened. The recency bias is right. so real. It's so real. It's sports and in, and in films, you know, every, every year, like there was a while where it was, it was like, greatest year of films it's like really pump the brakes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So. although you've got this you've got top Gun maverick there's another one it's definitely the greatest year for a while someone said 2007 was the greatest year and that was that was a bunch like go look that up it's it's pretty crazy 2008 too with avatar hurt locker that whole thing like yeah that was a nice there was a nice little three-year um area where the the oscars were scratching their heads at which one to give it right. to and stuff. And we've since kind of diversified and, and now the Oscars are all about doing movies you've never heard of. <laughs> right, right, right. Wait, no, no, I've always done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, oh, wait. <laughs> I know it's, it's been, it's, it's interesting. I, I hope that this film wins the Oscar. I would oh love that. Gosh. For, I would love for more people to see this. I think it's a, a mind opener. Um, I haven't felt it, it's so entertaining and so moving and so important in a way that uh, I, I miss when the Oscars were giving it to Lord of the Rings and to Gladiator, and and it felt like um, Hollywood was behind the escapism of it all. Yeah. And this to me has everything. This is hilarious. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> how many times are we gonna say everything all, in this podcast? Everywhere, all at once. <laughs> but it has everything we've been aimed at as a as a community of filmmakers in 2022. It's like all come to what I think this movie is from the editing, the acting, the casting, the, uh, the messages. It, it, it is the most 2022 thing I've seen in such a positive way. Mm. I've not seen something that's been able to encapsulate the newness of this time and say something poignant about it. Whereas, you know, uh, most of the, like Top Gun Maverick, yay. But that's a, that's, that's just playing on my nostalgia of the eighties. Like when, when in 2040, they're going to look back and go, God, it's the most 2022 thing ever <laughs> or everything ever all at once. Wow. What a classic. That was, how did that, that not indicate the, the time? So yeah. <laughs> what the heck? How did Top Gun win? Yeah. 
Because <laughs> you can do that revisionist history of going back and saying this one won the Oscars and nobody knows that one anymore. Yeah. But this one that was like not even in the best picture category is what has resonated over the decades. And in a time period where people are saying everything relies on nostalgia, there's nothing new. There's no way to do new storytelling. There's no, nobody saying anything fresh. These are all like consensus that we've come to. Um, it, this has done all that. So this has proven everyone wrong. There's still things to be said. There's still new avenues of storytelling. And yeah, I, I, I really feel like the last time a movie expanded minds in this way was the matrix there. And there's a lot of not Easter eggs, but there's a lot of echoes of the matrix in this movie intentionally done. And that's how it was lightly described to me. Cause people were like, just go see it. Don't, don't try and figure it out. Obviously and when right. you see it, you're like, yeah, how do you describe this? But I think the matrix is a good way where we look at the matrix now and we're like, got it. Guys are going in digital world. It's run by robots. Red Easy. pill, blue pill. But when yeah. that came out, people were like, that's an advanced movie. The matrix right. is really difficult to understand. Stuff like that. Well, it was just a new concept. Bullet time where that was fresh technology that they were using totally. to shoot it. And it was awesome. And I also don't think we get everything everywhere all at once without Spider-Man, the latest Spider-Man doing what it did because multiverse theory really just shot into public. Well, along with Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty helped a lot with that, but people understand the multiverse now. If this came out in 2005, people would be like, what? what? We can't have That's multiple universes. Right. What is, um, so I, I love, I, that to me is the most new, they found a way to do multiverse in the coolest new way but it was that was not part of the public Unlike dr strange right, right which was right. the multiverse done badly it was a madness of multiverse madness, yeah, yeah. like not, oh this the multiverse of madness for the people who watched it yeah like i remember watching dr strange and then watching this i was like i think this is what they were actually trying to do but they didn't they did it in an mcu battles quick saccharine sugary stuff that didn't resonate with me at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. And in the same way, like back to the future has the, the gold standard for time travel right. or set that standard from that moment on matrix set the standard for digital diving into a digital world. That's not your own. We have free guy. Now there's all these like, you know, right. We there's all these free other guy. derivative things, but they're derivative <laughs> right. from the matrix. And I'm sure there's like some obscure movie or some famous movie I'm forgetting before the matrix, but I'm talking about the one that, helped the public understand that concept. Cause I'm sure there are people on computers building computers in the nineties who were like, Oh, this is, this is old news, <laughs> but Spider-Man and this really like people, yeah. if you can talk about, Oh, there's multiple universes now. And no one looks at you like you're a, a you're a, a drug addict or something. Right. So I'm trying to think, I don't want to spoil it necessarily. If you have not seen this movie and we haven't convinced you thus far, we will ruin the movie for you. Yeah, I'm from about this to. conversation forward. <laughs> but also maybe not because it's going to sound everything we're going to say is going to come out so weirdly. I remember hearing people talk about it and they probably were saying plot points and I I what do you mean like it did it doesn't make sense disconjointed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, I want to I want to talk about first the idea of the story. Okay. Like you look at some of the older you know, you look at some of the quote unquote Christian films mm. and they are, they tend to have the same sort of production value, but they're also, they preach, 
it's more like watching Aesop's fables or something right, like, right. okay, why? And I've seen that on the other side with some of the, I want to say the other side, I think like the woke. Right. But I don't want to like offend people on that side of things, but like they, they're preaching like a war woke mentality. Well, just, I, you know, I was listening to Quentin Tarantino talk about this the other day. And when story isn't paramount, when the, when the messaging, when the, when the messaging or the ideology trumps the actual story you're telling, it's okay if these themes are underneath it, but I think we lose quality when someone's like, yeah. I'm going to make a movie to spread the gospel. I'm going to make a movie to, uh, uh, stand up this political ideology I have, whether it about it's about guns or or anything. Right. You know what I mean? There's there's just a there's just a, a a natural decay of an artistic message. Sometimes sometimes those go hand in hand, but most of the time, like, you know, the, you're writing to fulfill something else as right. opposed to writing to tell the absolute greatest, most entertaining story in that and- moment. Like my wife and I went and saw Jagged Little Pill, mm. which she liked, but she's a much bigger Alanis Morissette fan than I am. Right. And I went and I was like, I feel like this was an after school special. <laughs> right. The characters were all caricatures. They weren't, they weren't complex. They weren't like you knew what was going to happen. There was a couple really good scenes in the, in the show going back to Broadway musical right, stuff. Right, right. But when you look at a story like this, and I think the stories and movies and shows and what musicals, the things that we, that stick around, that have lasting value. One, there's, they're very complex. There's a lot of layers. Like I, I have three pages of notes of topics we could talk about from this movie. And well, you were saying even watching it 10 times, each time you see something that you're like, Oh, I can be a better human being right? because I've seen this movie. But it's not because the movie's preaching at you. It's because that the story is so, as one of the the Chinese uh, translations of the titles, it's it's telling a story with wild and unrestrained imagination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the I think the Chinese titles um, or the 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 foreign translations of everything everywhere all at once are a fa- actually a fantastic way to describe the indescribable, right? right. Which is what this is. It's because yeah. it is literally everything everywhere all at once. So what, whatever you're getting out of it for me, my first viewing, the first time I saw this, I was, it's to me, it's just a Kung Fu movie with all this other stuff layered in. Yeah. It's just a series of fight scenes. Um, and being a diehard Jackie Chan fan growing up, I was like, just thrilled. Um, that that's what I got out of it. But I turned to the person I went and saw it with, I was with several people and they didn't get the same thing. They, they, they did not connect <laughs> the story through the fight scenes like I've seen in every single martial arts film. And that's just cause they weren't as well versed in that they were well versed in, you know, something else, but they loved it just the same. They latched onto the mother daughter relationship. They latched onto uh Wayman's journey in this. Oh my like, gosh, it's just yeah. like, you know, there's, there's so much to grab. Uh, so for me, I actually still have that belief. Fundamentally, I think this is a Kung Fu movie. I think it's a, it's a nod to well, martial arts films of old. Michelle Yao was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. 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 And Jackie Chan was like originally thought to be the main character. Remind me Wayman's, the actor's name. Uh, K-Hui Kwan. K-Hui Kwan. Yeah. So he Who was Jackie sh- Chan's, uh, he was on Jackie Chan's stunt team. Really? Yes. So he's 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 been, also short round and he's short from round. Temple of Dukes. Yeah, yeah. You uh, call him Doctor Jones, lady. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest lines ever. 
<laughs> I know, and it's it's interesting that he. I mean, every moment he was crushing it in this film. Oh. Yeah. I was just so thrilled to have short round back. <laughs> That's all I, I couldn't fathom it. Like And um Goonies. And Goonies, right. Yeah. Oh, I can't yeah. uh uh what was his name in Goonies? Dang it. Uh Sarah Sarah would know. She's my Goonies expert. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, and it's the same kid who's now grown up. Phenomenal acting. And we're we we haven't even touched on uh Stephanie Sue. Oh yeah. Who plays Joy. She's in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Totally. Yeah, but she's a Broadway person as well. She was in Be More Chill on Broadway. She's got a great lump song in that called I Love Play Rehearsal. She's absolutely hilarious in that. And I think that you see a lot of um her film acting is amazing, but there's a level of theatricality that right. she brings to the table right. in this that, you know, she just I mean, I cannot even like the cast that they brought together, you could tell they're all just bringing it they're bringing it every day on set, it, whether it's in their interviews. And that's what I think makes this special. You can feel the love um, that is underneath this movie. I think they all understood they're making something hugely important. And what we say about these movies that resonate is there's layers, mm. right? You can get this, you can get this. Like when I was doing research, like you had mentioned the the mother daughter, having a daughter that was more father daughter, like just that interaction. Um, I was even when I was even pulling clips of those sort of climactic scenes towards the end of the movie, like I'm pulling clips, not even immersed in the movie. And I'm like getting choked. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and the first time I'm watching it, I'm on, on the couch. I was like, I bought it cause you had talked it up so much. I'm like, I know I'm going to watch this a few times. So I'm going to go ahead and pay the additional bucks and just buy it instead of renting it. And my wife comes out and she's like, Oh, Lainey just told me my daughter, she just broke up with her baby's father. They've been together and, and for a, for a few years and things had happened and she's like, Oh, she broke up. And that idea, that idea of both letting your children go. And also there's no place I'd rather be than with you through this and sort of grieving. Cause joy, joy's character is such a pained character. Like she's got so much pain and trying to, and, and her story is trying to figure out what to do with it. Sure. She puts it all, everything on a bagel, right? <laughs> right. No, no. And there's something, you know, it recently I've been fascinated with, um, the mother daughter relationships. Lady bird kind of turned me on to that. Mm. And I would see things in my own life where, you know, people can go from fighting and saying some of the worst things you've ever heard. A mother can say some of the worst things to a daughter. A daughter can fire that right. back. And then the next second they're fine. And, um, you know, that, there's that one scene in Lady Bird where they're screaming at each other and the dress pops up, right? <laughs> Those relationships are so fascinating on screen. And I want to see more of that. And I think everything everywhere all at once absolutely um, nails that conflict while dealing with Joy's, you know, LGBTQ thing. But I think it's, it's greater than that. You just have this mother- daughter who are just missing each other mm. and they're at similar places. I think, I think they, they need to, they need to come back and realize that they're, they need to protect their world. And that, that journey to me is so it, it's represented in all these, you know, different ways. It's, way. it's everyone's it's, journey. We right? go on like a giant metaphor to get there. <laughs> you know, it, it is one bit, you know, of Kung Fu scenes and, you know, but but at the end, it's it's the way they bring that back together and resolve them. And they, it turns out they had everything they needed 
the whole yeah. time, uh, you know, and they're both just looking elsewhere, you know, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. Well, and it's interesting. You say that, that they're just missing each other mm. because again, looking on Amazon today and they're pulling up the trivia stuff, but it was, and I never even caught this, but I, t- I, told, I was like, I need to go back and watch it from this perspective. That language is very important because you see when they're speaking to Gong Gong, who's played by James Hong, another iconic actor, they, they speak Chinese to him. But when Evelyn and Wayman speak, they're speaking either Mandarin or English. When Evelyn's speaking to Joy, she's speaking Mandarin or English. But when, when Joy is speaking to Evelyn, it's either English or bad Chinese. <laughs> and the, the words, the, the exact quote, I was like, I wrote this down. And this is just, you know, Amazon Prime trivia. But it says, neither one finds the words to express their ideas clearly to the other, which is keeping them divided. And you would never, had you not read that on Amazon Prime, you wouldn't know that, but you can feel it. Right. You can feel it in every scene, the level of specificity within that script, and that gives these actors just a platform to springboard off of, is, I, I, you can talk about every single element of this movie and what, why the greatness is, and, and the greatness is just baked in. It's just, it's just part of it. And the screenwriting in this really is. The script is that good. And yeah. it's in another language and you know, every single thing, I wouldn't even say it's a foreign language film. I hope it's not even, even remotely in that category. Right. They do bounce back and forth, but th- that would be a disservice to what it is because the, the times they're speaking in Chinese is so specific and so plot driven. And so, um, it, it adds to the story the entire time that, it, th- that's where, that's what you're always looking for in a script. When they're speaking English, it's important. When they're speaking Chinese, it's important. And, and it's specific to drive this story forward. That scene where Evelyn jumps to a slightly different universe, but she's just sitting there in the truck with Waymond. And the whole idea is Waymond is so desperate. He's filing for divorce because he's trying to get his wife's attention. And he says, I just get the feeling like you wish you would have never left your family and married me. Mm. And she says, I never said that. Right. And he says, it's the way you look at me. Yeah. Yeah. And that idea again of they're missing each other. Right. Um, They're not seeing each other. The one line I love going back to the, the specificity of the language. She says in English, you think divorce is okay. And I wonder if that is like that was that. Why is that not in Mandarin? Why is that not in Chinese? It would be interesting to trace every single line that way. You probably just come find all sorts of of stuff um, within that. But the Wayman the Wayman character is filing for divorce. Yeah, like he has this flaw, and then at the same time delivers the monologue about kindness that is like that's my favorite part of the movie, hands down, is when he he helps he solves the entire. Um, dilemma between mother and daughter with kindness. Like kindness is the, is the, the, the catalyst that solves the, the, the giant conflict throughout the film. And in many ways, not all of them, he is the hero. Yes. Yeah. He, he is, but he's not right. Because I think in, in a lot of all three of the main characters of joy, Evelyn and uh, Wayman, they're all heroes in their own way because of what they bring to the table. And Somebody said this critique of it, which I, I really liked, 
who didn't like the film. I found someone who didn't like the film. <laughs> so if you're out there, it's okay. You're not alone. Uh, but they said it felt like the movie ended three times. And I was like, yes, because Wayman has an ending. Yep. Joy definitely has an ending. And Evelyn has an, an ending as well. And, and we need the time to resolve that, but they're, they all have a clear arc. They all have this, um, this, this thing that they're overcoming and sometimes them overcoming it or ending their arc, Evelyn's case, she finally gets the courage to do it. And it's the wrong move for her daughter. It actually alienates her daughter more right mm. at the end of the film. And then we finally get to Joy's resolution for herself you know right. so it's like yes it has I, I agree it has three endings it's a it's a it's a long film and if you forgot to drink coffee and really like, there's you, you four. something else to do because in the middle it goes to the the end right and yeah, credits yeah. yeah and and when i watch it with my wife or 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 my daughter and even my son this time i'm like all right that was, that was a good movie and he looks at me like i'm stupid he's look he's like wait the the time yeah 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 because <laughs> they it, again it just it shuts to the end you're just like and I feel like what I loved about that that was so meta of a twenty four because they do that stuff all <laughs> the time in their films and it's so annoying where they'll just leave it in a way that just leaves you feeling what that was it they're like they're we've seen those movies that. that are leave you hanging and you're, like it's it's in the realm of possibilities that that could have legitimately been the end and you walk out of the movie feeling empty. And A24, every time their logo pops up, I go, okay, here we go. I'm going to feel terrible at the end of this in some way. And they, they got me for the most part. Because they did the Northmen. Like, no way. They did the Northmen. They did, um, uh, uh, what's the one about the uh, Asian family who moves to Arkansas, starts a farm? That one, spoiler, ends in, in just, oh, you just want it for him so bad. And it but you like, you enjoy tragedies. I do. I do. I just know like when an A24 <laughs> movie is going to, it's going to be. It's like a, the tragedy of tragedies. It's going to just, <laughs> just rip my heart open. It's going to hurt, you know? And so I, I bought that. I was like, no way that they end this like this, you know? Yeah. And people were standing up to leave. They were like, oh, I've had enough. And it was like back in. So I love that. I love a false ending, but in keeping with what this movie is, everything everywhere all at once, it's like it need. there's a false ending. There's every pre every bit of storytelling is present at some point within this, you know? All right. Like, what does that mean? Like it, it with every trope is in there. You have goofiness, you have remorse, you have, um, violence, you have silly violence, you have, oh my you can start attaching adjectives <laughs> to the way you describe this. And that moment will be in there. I wish someone would create like a checklist. You could like watch and be like, oh, there's the silly violence. There's the, there's the, um, almost like a everything everywhere all at once bingo card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or drinking. Game. Um, uh, the disgust, you feel disgust, you feel cringe, right? When he's trying to give himself paper cuts. Oh yeah. Right. You, the yeah. move you just did. <laughs> Those filmmakers I designed that cringe. moment. Yeah. They designed that moment for, uh, for the entire theater to feel that in that instant. So obviously there's got to be a false ending because everything is, everything is represented within everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> you will see every single filmic moment that can possibly be created combined into one thing. And I wonder if that was their jumping off point for creating this. Um, yeah, I, th I think it's fantastic. And, and what's, what brings all of that what allows the actors to have their moments, what allows the screenplay to, to thrive, what allows the, 
the Kung Fu moments to be hilarious or serious. You know, um, these fight scenes are just an extension of the heightened emotion of a, of a situation. And it was amazing to see the one scene where they got to, um, the reactivate their, their superpowers <laughs> by where they lose connection by and sticking they're just things like, in their butts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that was meant to make you feel a certain way. Like I, you've seen silly action scenes, whether yeah. they're in rush hour and that was a silly one. You've seen, you've seen Jackie Chan, like <laughs> fighting with a coat, you know, and that yeah. sort of stuff. So that's the fanny pack scene. Like it's all represented. And what allows that to happen is the editing. The editing in this movie is, will be studied and replicated and is so, um, advanced yet seamless at the same time. Just watching it again and analyzing when they adjust aspect ratio, but not only when they adjust aspect ratio, why they adjust it. Because mm. the aspect ratio adjustments give you the feeling of of what that particular moment from film history that they're borrowing. So they have, when they go to the Kung Fu thing, that aspect ratio compresses to widescreen. So you feel like you're watching an old Kung Fu movie for a second. The settings on their cameras change. Maybe even the cameras themselves. I don't know. Like when they're Some talking question. in the alley. Right. Yes. When they're That's talking a, in the alley. It's a different feel. And then on top of that, the mo- I, I have so many questions about when she's um, soaking in all these different universes and they're compressing aspect ratio and she's changing costumes. They're visually so clearly representing this very, very hard concept to get across. And they're doing it with film language in a top notch way. And to me, that's the editing. It will win the editing Oscar. And if it doesn't, I, I don't understand what it would take. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it would take. You, you have, um, you have Evelyn in a thousand different costumes minimum that they're just flying through and they're all different. Like I went back to watch it to make frame by frame. That's how fast it's jumping. It seems like 24 frames per second. Yeah. 24 Evelyn's per second. (laughs) And that is so integrated in the story. It's not this cute party trick that they're doing for the movie. Like that is an important, very important image to give you first. And they give it for, they, they give you like three seconds. You're like 10 seconds of it or something, but like, it is absolutely so integrated into the story. And that's kind of what for me makes a great movie. Are there cool cinematic tricks and are they serving the story? And when you watch other films that are still entertaining, sometimes they don't, they don't, um, they don't always accomplish that, but the shot was cool. The shot was really, really cool, but it, it'll take you out of the movie. And this never did that for me. Um, one, one of, it's like any long one shot, right. In a film, will if i'll be like ooh this is going on so long it's been 50 oh uh, uh 1917 no. 14 1914 i think it's 14 oh i can't remember which one the sam mendes film right where it's all supposed to be one it's continuous all one shot cut. all i the whole movie i just sat there going like oh nice where are the cuts instead of like fully immersing in the story yeah. and i thought that was that's a great example of integration of of that long oneer because these guys are on you know a journey. It's over the course of one day. It never stops. So the camera shouldn't stop. We're like with them on this journey, but I still sat there like marveling at the the film craft with this. So much is integrated and you don't see when the aspect ratio shifts because you're just part of the story yeah. that you're totally immersed the entire time. Um, and just and now that I said it, and if anybody hasn't seen it, they're going to look more. They're going to be like, aspect ratio, aspect ratio. It's going to like be all over <laughs> your, gonna, your, but I don't know that you can. Because when the movie starts, you're just 
what's going on. Right. And if you're paying attention, you'll see some, oh, weird stuff there, weird stuff there. Like you can't, this isn't a movie, at least the first time or two you watch it. You can't like be looking at your phone. No, no, no. It's like coffee, caffeine of choice. If you don't do caffeine, (laughs) make sure you're not like having, you have to go to work the next day and you're worried about that. Do not disturb. Can't have Sunday scaries (laughs) while you watch this. This is like, wow, I've got three hours to kill. It's only going to be two hours and 15 minutes of those three hours, but you need the other 45 minutes to process what you just saw, get the lights right, you know, make sure you can absorb this piece of art because it's really cool. Um, And it was really frustrating to see. I saw in theaters three times. And I, you know, when someone's phone would come out, it'd be like, come on, put your phone. What is wrong with you? If you miss a moment, you're missing some. Yeah. 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 You're missing a key piece. Very few clips, if any today, because it's so visual and even the good audio moments, even the good, uh, dialogue. It's accompanied by a couple visuals Mm. because, because again, the acting is so phenomenal. Well, that's the reason it's a hard thing to talk about because you are so stimulated by every single thing we're talking about. That's why it took me nine times to be able to like break it into its base elements. And then on top of that, they're all working in tandem to tell the story. So I lose my train of thought often when thinking about this movie (laughs) because you're like, as you're thinking about one sequence, you're like, oh, you know what's really cool? He's eating a bagel. He's eating an everything bagel in the one scene. Like right. I just, that was like, I totally forgot, you know, there's yeah. all, there's so many tidbits. There's so many tidbits and you can keep going, you can keep finding them. And it's really cool that the director and the writers and the actors decided to incorporate those vertically. So every moment, you know, laterally, the story is all there, but vertically you're like, there's, there's 30 things of specificity in this one frame. Well, I'm it's like at. Hamilton. When you're watching Hamilton, you're like, oh, this, they used this line from this song, but they used it over here. They replayed it. They're tying it in and connecting it and the, the it's weaving together a powerful story. And it's, I think with just like something you're weaving, not that I'm like a weaver, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you can't, if something's done well, you can't really ice. It's hard to isolate a single thread, Mm. but you see the whole. Right. And it, and I judge things based on the first time I view them. Uh, The, the, any other subsequent time is for me to understand and to learn and to grow as an artist. So the first time you see this, you can't, you, you do see the whole painting and you're not supposed to see the individual brush strokes here and right. here and there. And that's why it makes it fantastic, I think. But you feel all that underneath it. You feel like you're just watching the combined effort of a, of a thousand different artists just aimed at the same thing. I can't even imagine trying to make a film like this. I don't even understand the jumping off I, from the pitch meeting to the <laughs> final edit. Like, how do you, how did they do it? How did they do it? Is, is what I'm left. Every time I watch it, I'm like, what a monumental feat. And at the same time being so simple and so uh, relatable and so poignant for 2022. At, at some point you can relate to each of the main characters, whether it's joy, whether it's Waymond, whether it's, it's Evelyn, even Gong Gong, I think. Who knows? Maybe even Deirdre. Yeah. Oh my God. Fantastic. By Jamie. Uh, we haven't even talked about Jamie Lee Curtis yet. <laughs> Let me say something real quick about her from an acting point of view. A lot of what's happening in my life as an actor right now is I'm embracing what I look like. You know, I'm no, I'm no longer scared to play the racist Texas guy because 
that's that's the that's type of part. Like. This is how I've <laughs> this is how I'm moving through my life. These are the spaces I inhabit. The tone of my voice to my physicality serves that. And it's so cool to see somebody who was a absolute drop dead gorgeous actress in ever like you know just walking the carpet. Oh my right. god, her and True Lies, just like iconic looks. Just a just an absolute diva, and then she just embraces where she's at as an artist, and then brings this performance to it. I was completely blown away. Like she just embraced this age and this makeup, and they and on the makeup artists and the costumers just supported this character, but a fully realized, crafted villain that you're then able that then they then redeem at the end, and you're able to like you learn something about these people we're judging doing the doing the worst IRS tax work <laughs> you now are going to next time you have to meet with your irs agent you're going to be like here's some cookies right you know, or you're, you're going wanna, to feel so bad take, for your auditor she brought that thing to life and i and i can't help but think how many actors are missing out on the opportunity to really explore their craft and take their craft to the next level because they're like latched on to like looking good or like playing good parts and i think that era of like leading man stuff is is gone I think I think mm. she watching that performance and everything every while at once helped me be like, it's okay if if I look a little goofy. That's who I am. Let me embrace that and let me bring that to the table. Cause our like, especially actors are so vain. So if you're an actor out there listening to this, it's like, look at yourself in the mirror and give it give an honest like assessment of what you can bring to various roles and then find those roles and just start hitting slam dunks. You know, there's don't don't try and be, you know, don't try and be the 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 best looking girl at the party. If you're not, or if you're tall, you can't not be tall. <laughs> you right. have to, you literally have to embrace that. And that is the, that is going to be my new example. When I teach my acting classes of like, look at this person. They are not, there's they're not pleasant to look at. They used to be, and they're not holding on to that. She is embracing this new era, this new role. And, and then by the end, you're so in love with Deirdre. Right. You're right. so, you, you, and it's not even the Deirdre you know from the one universe. It's incorporated from hot right. dog finger universe. It's, <laughs> you're bringing in all these other things and they, they get you to just fall in love with the villain. And I yeah. think that's, yeah, uh, it's just my rant. It's my well, acting no, rant. it's a, I think that's a really good thing. Cause not just for actors mm. because we, I get frustrated because I don't do things like somebody else might do. I try to force, and this is something when I read uh, Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights, he took a break from acting because he was getting pigeonholed in these rom-com fun guys. He was like, I, I don't want to do that. Right. I mean, it's, that sort of also happens as you get older. Those, <laughs> those, yeah, totally, totally. those same roles aren't going to be available. But we, I get frustrated when I don't do things the way I think I should. Mm. Because I'm like, no, this is the way I should be acting. This is what I should be doing. This is what a sane person would do. But that's not the way that I'm shaped. Right? Like right now, I got offered to do a, you know, a four-week contract to, to teach nursing school. Paying good money. I've got a kid in college. My wife's starting her doctorate program. Money is a good thing for us. Money is typically good, right? And, you know, long story short, 
I didn't feel like I was led in that direction. Mm. You know, we've talked about this before, this idea of being led and how that can drive you crazy. You know, cause you were talking about a show in Vegas. You're like, but if I take this show for six months, right. What else will I, what am I going to, and that you're like, this is why actors go crazy. Yeah. But we all feel that same way. What am I doing? Am I putting, am I being selfish? Am I setting my, you, you go, you wrestle with these questions. Like I have my master's in nursing kind of feels like I should be doing nursing stuff. But one of the, I realized uh, a few months ago, the line that we've talked about a lot by Howard Thurman, he says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes your heart come alive and go do that. Mm. Because what the world needs is people whose hearts are fully alive. I wonder if Jamie Lee Curtis, that would be interesting to me, whether she looked at this role as like an opportunity to to do something that she hasn't done before, the same way Matthew McConaughey, because we know Matthew McConaughey from his book was like, get me out of the rom-com thing. I'm called to do more than this with my acting. I'm better than this. And I wonder what her mindset would have been with everything everywhere all at once. Did she get that script and go, oh, are you kidding me? I guess I'm playing IRS tax aid. You know what I mean? After playing this this <laughs> history of, you know, cool mom, freaky Friday mom, like right. iconic, iconic roles. Beautiful women. Right, yeah. yeah Did so the director have to convince her, hey, this is going to be iconic. Like You're, you're going to wear a remember. wrist brace. You're going to chug look some at, sort of protein milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder where, where she was at being led. And if this was a, this, I mean, it's an A24 movie. It's definitely a piece of art. I'm sure, I'm sure it was a huge, you know, honor for her to get cast in that. But the, the history of that casting, I would be very curious. Because Matthew McConaughey definitely was like, no, 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 we're done. I, I need, I need to be doing more. I want to be, I want to take on tougher challenges right. with my parts. And he answered that call. He felt that call and he answered it and but, has been subsequently rewarded. As he says in the book, there was a long stretch of time where he was got nothing. Right. Right. And the other thing for actors too, it's like, you don't know when your best work is going to happen. You never know. It could be, like when you accept a show or you accept a contract, it could be the best experience of your life or the worst experience of your life. It will come to an end at some point. Um, the both in both situations, but like Matthew McConaughey had to sit in that. And all of a sudden these other Dallas Buyers right. Club comes in all these other things, right, and, which, you know, but he trusted yeah. himself and he trusted that process. And sometimes it's not, you know, that's not true for everybody. Some people have to take steps back and, uh, but man, oh man, Jamie Lee Curtis, I think there's an Oscar nom, if not an Oscar win coming her way, best supporting or best featured. Right. Like it's absolutely deserved the journey she took us on and just reminding us like there's no small parts, just small actors. Oof. Right. You know, and that's a tough one. People forget. It's like, look at what you are given and absolutely make a masterpiece of it. Doesn't matter how, you know where you're ranked in mm. the, in the film, every actor is responsible for their part within the piece. And she played that just as expertly as that you idea possibly of, can. of maintaining our side of the street. Mm. We don't, we don't have to worry about our neighbor's yard or the guy across the street or the fact that we have a yard, right? We should keep as good, take as good of care of it as we possibly can. She inspired me to, get dirty with my acting and not be scared to go do things that might look ugly. Mm. I think that's super important to make a mess. And especially where, you know, I'm, I'm from North Carolina, born and raised, like 
we're a little scared to make a mess down here. Um, And that's something that's held me back in my career. And seeing this movie helped me unlock that side of like, oh my gosh, I, let me make myself look hideous for my auditions. If I'm playing a bad guy, let's go. Let's like take it all the way there. Let's fully commit and immerse myself in how I see it. Not try and like project, oh, I saw this other guy. No, like what, what kind of monster can I make? What can I bring to the table? And what is my part in the larger piece? Like she gave me all of that. There's so many gifts in this film. So I have this thing. Uh, It's something that I've read here before. And I think I shared it with you back when we were talking about that idea of wrestling with, do I go to this show? What am, you know, sort of, there's a lot of stress. Mm. What do I do? What do I not do? And I think it ties in to the, the sort of the climactic end of the movie, but it's, it's from uh, the book, Jaber Crow, Wendell Berry's the author. And here's a, a guy, I think he's in his seventies or eighties. And he says, now I have had most of my life I'm going to have. And I can see what it has been. I can remember those early years when it seemed to me I was completely adrift. And times when, looking back at earlier times, it seemed I had been wandering in the dark woods of error. But now it looks to me as though I was following a path that was laid out for me, unbroken, and maybe even as straight as possible from one end to the other. And I have this feeling, which never leaves me anymore, that I have been led. That idea of, I have been led. That idea of, do I take this job or that job? How do I interact with my kids, my, my wife, your, the people at work, all these people. And the coolest thing, I think the really cool thing about this movie, like the super, for me, one of the, the high, high uh, philosophical statements the struggle of nothing matters. Mm. If I am being led, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm doing this and trusting that God will walk me through this, if I'm, it doesn't matter if I take this job or this job. If I believe God is going to provide for me, then God's going to provide for me. I don't need to stress about where the money's coming from if I trust and have faith that I am being led and I trust the one who's leading me. If I believe it's all up to myself, much like the bagel, it's not going to hold. Right. right. <laughs> right? It's going to collapse in on itself. Yeah. I think you talked about walking in error. You're right. When you think you're walking in error, but you're not. And that is, that is at the core of it. I think there's a, in the, in the new Lord of the Rings series, they say something. I remind myself of this every day. It's like, sometimes to understand the light, we must first touch the darkness. Right. And Evelyn isn't able to understand. Yeah. Evelyn isn't under, able to understand what her daughter's going through until she gains the powers of the Jobu Tobaki. Yeah. Right. And, Joju Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Right. It's uh, and it's um, you know, and I love how silly they made it. That everything right. because the that's Rakakuni. the most serious thing. Imagine all of a sudden they right. were like this super serious. Um, and to me, that's like that's where it gets religious. That p- component, but then you have to describe it as the bagel. Right. Um, you know, and the bagel is everything. And if God is everything, and you've decided that everything doesn't matter. Right. 
you're locked in this nihilism, right? The, the nihilism mm-hmm. is like the biggest theme for joy the whole time. Right. It's crazy. Her name is joy. She's given she up on none. joy. Right. She has right, no joy. Right. Yeah. But if in a world where nothing, where, where nothing matters, then what you decide matters can bubble up to the surface. And I think that's their journey and they find the joy in each other. She right. finds her joy. She rediscovered Evelyn rediscovers her joy after touching the darkness. She brings herself back to the light. Right. By, oh by tapping gosh. in to like all this noise around them, all this stuff, you know, we have these moments where we like, we doubt God or we doubt where we're being led. That's where I can cry. Um, like, and then all of a sudden you like, you realize like, oh my gosh, I'm in this dark place so that I can like get out of it and then Mm -hmm. bring other people back. But sometimes you just got to let them like go touch that darkness to be able to like truly understand. And man, that's the hardest thing to do. It's so hard to just like, you know, you, you have somebody, uh, let's, let's bring like a, a fun, like a fun, silly example, but it would be like somebody, uh, is, is getting cheated on and you try, I I've done this many a times. I've been like, Hey, this is happening to you. No, you're evil and all this (laughs) stuff. Like, no, you have to let them walk in error for a bit. You have to let them Mm. go out and, and experience that and hurt from that. And then they'll be able to come back and maybe help someone else find it or maybe rediscover their own joy. But I think the the mom letting go at the end is so important. It's, and it's so, so hard important. Yeah, because it's impossible. You, you know the pain. Right. And and with older kids, adult kids, but this idea like you have to let them suffer mm. it, because there's nothing you can do. They have to walk their own path. They have to do it. And And that's what she says is, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm letting you go, but there's no place I'd rather be than with you. And yeah, right. Even right, you're, right. you're doing these things. You're kind of mean to me. You're doing all these things, you know, like you got a tattoo and I know it means family, but you know how I feel about tattoos and you got it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm letting all this go. And uh, there, there's, there's so many powerful moments build and it builds which is why we get emotional at the end because it's it's so many good stories how she she stabs Waymond as she's signing the papers in a different multiverse and it's just like oh yeah yeah she is stabbing everyone she sees with the truth but then she goes through this sort of her own epiphany when when she's trying to say because the bagel represents joy killing herself right she's like my life hurts too much and she's like, I wasn't looking for you to kill you. I was looking for you so I wouldn't be alone. Yeah. And I was hoping you would see another way out. Like it was just such a beautiful cry from somebody who, as you mentioned, name of joy, but didn't know what joy was. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> wow. It's just like, oh, like, just like identity. Like even that line was earlier. I know who I, Evelyn says, I know who I am. Joy doesn't. In, mm. in a lot of ways. So she's everyone. Right. But when she's going after her daughter and she's Evelyn remembers back when she was a young woman, she left home to, to marry Waymond and her father disowned her. You right. are not my daughter. And she looks at her father and says, how did you let me go? Yeah. Why did you never come after me? And the, that daughter's, hurting heart 
He's like, I will never do that to my daughter. I will never make my daughter feel the way you made me feel. Right. And she goes and chases her down. And then he, you know, they, they have the, uh, as you mentioned, unlike an A24 movie, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, sort of like, restoration. So joyous at the end. There's so much noise. And it, within all that noise, the, the, their hearts kept being led back to each other. Right. They have all these other options. They can literally go be in any of these other mm. universes. And, but even within those other universes, they learn like the, the most immediate one, what they have in that moment is, is where the joy is. Mm. And I thought that was such, I mean, uh, you know, that's such a biblical teaching. That's a, that is a universal <laughs> truth throughout, you know, any culture It's like, uh, fix what is at hand be appreciative of what's at hand, be grateful for what you have. Like how many times have you heard that? And this is just such an extended metaphor to oh, learn, yeah. like to learn, Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's a million possible, there's, there's infinite possibilities for your life, but what can you do and help and fix in that immediate moment? And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Cause the core so of it hard. and Wayman in every universe expresses this same emotion. And this movie, the whole concept of multiverse is, is probably a, what would have happened if I had gone left instead of right? Yeah. How would my life have been different? And there's a scene, super powerful scene where she's all excited. She's like, oh, I would have been so happy without you. Yeah. Oh, it's the- and it's just so brutal. I saw my life without you and pause, big pause. It was beautiful. <laughs> and then- Because you we, think she's going to be like, it was yeah. awful. I and, love and, you. you know, she's this- Famous movie star, all this yeah. stuff, glitz, glamour. But that that guy who's also very prosperous, successful, she tells him, if we had gotten married, we would have had a life of laundry and taxes year after year mm. after year. And he says, as he's walking away, even though you broke my heart again, in another life, I would have really liked just doing laundry and taxes with you. Yeah. Cause that's what it's about. That's right. 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 What matters? Cause all the glitz and glam. I mean, we, I'm in a world of that, right? We're, we're looking <laughs> yeah. at other people and oh my God, they're at this Oscars party or there's this, this, and nothing, none of that actually matters. And I love right. that all these stories reinforce that at the end of, at the end of the thing, it, all that matters is, is the togetherness mm-hmm. doing the money, even if it's the mundane. I think, I mean, and you hear this all the time. It's like a lesson human beings cannot learn is that the, the, that family love connection, the, the, those immediate things are what matters. Now you might need to go to that Oscar party. So you make enough money to support right. it. And there's all sorts of other lessons within that. But at the end of the day, I think our happiness, our true happiness is derived from being with the ones we love, taking care of the ones we love. You know, that's my favorite scene. That's the one I, you know, that's the one. Wayman becomes the hero in that moment. He has, he, he already, he, the whole time he's had a grip on what they need to be doing. Yeah. Not karaoke machines, not, you know, all this stuff. What I did want to say though, is, um, I love how Evelyn has all these failed projects Yeah, and that's who she is. That's core. That's fundamental to that character, but it leads to this one moment in her life all these failures, all this error around her leads to this one moment where she's the chosen one. It's like, we're all, like we, you, nobody else in the multiverse has been so bad at so many different things. I really think it's like, you know, and if, yeah, if you don't believe in like predestination, you might have trouble with this, but like, I really believe every mistake, every job you don't take, every single thing is putting you 
in a place to be able to maybe it's just be there for uh, right. a sibling, be there for, you know, the thing that was actually going to matter in the long run. You're like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting all this heartbreak or I'm getting oh, I really wish I got that job. Life would have been so much better. And meanwhile, they're like protecting you from right. like the, the God is protecting you from so much other pain. And we're sitting there like, oh, God, I love that meme where like. It's uh, it's like God standing in front of all these like meteors and things, and like one rock gets when through. Gets yeah, through. when Pebble's like, "Oh, don't you love me?" Yeah, he's oh, like, he's, "My oh, bad." He says, "I think one. it's like, did I miss one? Yeah, <laughs> sorry, did I miss one? Yeah, yeah." And um, and you know, you talk about that job that child made nameless that I turned down right in August, and I was racking my brain, who am I to say no to some acting work? And you know, I had a bunch of reasons, right? And I found out that show like just closed like two days ago or something, you know, like that I was being so protected in that moment right. by following my heart. And I knew it was wrong. And we all know when it's wrong. Right. Yeah. And, and this is what I grapple with. And that the, I think the movie does a good job. is like showing what happens when you choose the wrong thing. Right. And, and the yeah. course corrections that are needed to, to get back to that you know, family comes and, and, and helps you course correct. Right. Um, you know, it's like the, the support systems within this film are there. And when you watch one of these characters mess up and they all do, it's cool to see how the universe of the film comes by to get them back on right. like right where they need to be. Because nothing matters. Right. Right. We can choose wrong. We can react wrongly, poorly, but that's not the end of the story. Yeah. My son is, is he's in college and he didn't, he wanted, he went to school to become a physical therapist. Right. And despite his, how hard he works, science is, are a brick wall for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so he had to, he's switching majors. Well, he loves sports. He loves coaching. Like, I think he's going to, he'll be a fantastic coach. And so that's sort of where he's shifting, but he had to undergo that. I feel like I'm letting you down. Right. Like, dude, you're the one who wanted to be the physical therapist. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like yeah. I thought you'd be a great coach. <laughs> totally. But that idea that we can choose something and typically it's not forever, right? It's, it's not the end all be all. Like you said, that show, it might've gone and been successful. Right. Right. And that's fine. Again, going back to the idea, if we're being led, as we enter this new year, it should actually be incredibly freeing because it doesn't matter if you turn right or left. Mm, yeah. What matters is that you trust the one who's leading you and that, that, that we weren't meant to bear that burden. We're the bagel. The center cannot hold. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, if yeah. I'm the center of the universe, we're in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I lose my shit for a freaking fantasy football game. Right. Cause right. I lost the championship and there was a, about an hour where I was a miserable human being and there's no money involved. Right. There's yeah, no nothing yeah. involved mm. except hating Tom Brady. Mm. That's basically the core of the existence right there. But this idea that I don't need to stress it. If like you said, my heart's not leading me with the job. I'm, I'm praying over it. I'm like, God, do you really want me to do this? And I get to it. It's like a brick wall. It's like, they, they said, do you want to do this rotation? No. 
I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's okay. Because if you say no, you know why you're saying no. All of a sudden you have a list of reasons and that gives you complete direction. Like there's a, there's a such power in like, let's say you didn't do this job. You know why you're not doing this yeah. job. And now you must go complete the reason right. that you're not going to do this job, which is the other path. But even within that, even within that, you know, saying yes to a hero's call or a choice and to something, our job is, I think on planet earth is to go through that with love and with kindness. Right. And that's where Wayman course corrects everyone, right? He changes the whole thing by just saying, what's going on? Why are we behaving this way? You know? And there's been several times like in my life, I've had to just be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Forget the show. Forget how mean this cast person was. Like take a second, calm everyone down and, and proceed with love and understanding. And, most of the time it works out positively when you do that. Yeah. When it goes wrong is when you're trying to fight, you know, fight the fight. And sometimes you got to fight, but you know, even how one of my favorite parts of the whole thing is how her fighting style changes. Yeah. I've never seen, and that's largely what martial arts is about. And that's why I think this is fundamentally a Kung Fu movie <laughs> is, is when she's fighting, she's still fighting with love. And I'd never, ever seen that represented in a way until the Wayman speech into how she's taken down all the henchmen right. and then, but with kindness, with love, because but it's she still a powerful them, right? thing. Yeah. yeah she yeah. sees who they are from Deirdre, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis's right. feeling unloved. Yeah. And making her feel that feel loved, even as she's fighting from adjusting this guy's neck, which was so cool. Is like, Oh, I'm, you're here to fight me. I'm going to, but that's how Jesus fought. Right. Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. This is how you will know. People will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Right. Like anybody can love their friends, love your enemies. Any, because anybody can love their friends. You can't love your enemy, not on your own. Right. Like you need that supernatural need grace. grace and power. Yeah. 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 So I think we got to wrap up. I mean, we could talk for, like I know three it goes hours. on and it like almost, I would love someone. I can't wait for like someone who hasn't seen this. I'm going to send them this podcast and be like, this sounds like rambling, doesn't it? But if, I, if like, if you're a part of it, like I've been in so many rooms with these discussions about this film and they go on for like, it, it goes on and on and on because there's just, there it truly is so much in this. But I think at the end of it is like love and trust and all these core fundamental principles that are just underneath it all. And yeah, I, I, I'm so grateful for that film because it taught me how to, to be talk about men at the movies. Yeah. Talk about be a, a man who can fight with love. Yeah. I hadn't, I, now I have a reference right. point for that. Right. Talk about, um, uh, what's your slogan at the beginning? I always, I always forget it. Like, uh, movies are a guide of how we should live our lives. Yeah. Right. And that's, oh my gosh, what a better example than, how can, how could I, how can I be strong and powerful as a man, but be fixing people at the same time, be right. helping people find their path the own way, you know? And the the most recent example is like, um, I'm a big fan of John Bernthal's podcast, the real ones. Right. And yeah. he had a guy on there whose daughter got shot by a gang member and gang related violence. And he, instead of pressing charges, he brought that gang member into his home wow. and showed him a different path. Are you that strong? Like to me, that, that takes strength. That is what's in this film fighting. That is a type of fighting. You know what I mean? That is a type of aggression. And that is a type of 
um, attack to, to give someone that kind of grace, give someone that kind of love. Yeah. And Wayman says, when I choose to see the good side of things, I'm not being naive. It is, it's strategic and necessary. It's how I survive. He says, and he's talking to Evelyn, you see yourself as a fighter. I do too. Mm -hmm. This is how I fight. And he fights by putting googly eyes up on everything. <laughs> right, right. He fights by saying, "Oh, I think the I thought the laundry would be happier upstairs." Right. Or the um the gross the gross guy hitting on his wife in the laundromat. He dances yeah. with him. Right. He dances him out of his his um his creepiness. Right. <laughs> Which I think, oh my god, that's what we should do more. We just grab grab the mean people and hug them so tight that they right. have no choice but to dance along. Or you know, Joy's infectious, and I think. This movie is infectious and oh yeah. Yeah. You should definitely see it. And I'd like to I want to close playing Wayman's very I just did a very short piece of his sort of monologue in the middle of the movie because I think that's the message to close on. But Will, people can check you out. Star Kids. Star Kids coming out. There's um if they want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Lord Branner. Um not a not a reference to the Lord. But I used to bow to professors in college and we made an Instagram that was uh, because I'd be like, yes, my Lord. Yes. You know, when they would tell me like, go, go over here and sing the song. Yes, yes my, my Lord. Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, some girls made me a Instagram, Lord Branner. And uh, we didn't realize Instagram was going to be this big Who business knew? tool. Who knew? So well, you've with Lord got, Branner, but at Lord Branner, it's a, it's a silly time. I and don't take dog too, paw productions. And then I have my own production um, company called at dog paw productions. D-A-W-G. D-A-W-G. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's great. We turn out about three or four films a year. Um, do a lot of technical promotional work for, um, around New York city and the Nashville area. We're based out of those, those two locations. So if you need and any filmmaking, you guys, there's actually on Amazon, you guys can get his uh, like a compilation of like what three yeah, or four about an hour them? and five minutes. We got about four, four, four shorts of various lengths on there and various types. So, um, just like everything everywhere all at once, my shorts are, my directing work is a little everything everywhere all at once as well. So we, he embraces we, his we ADHD. Love the, we love the genres and we love to tap in. So there's a little horror on there. There's um, some, some PG fun. There's a, a mobster movie. Uh, and yeah, so go, go check it out. Amazon prime. For sure. So thanks, man. Thanks for being on here and uh, best, best wishes for you in LA and whatever happens after that. We'll never know where we're going, but we're going to fight with love wherever it go. is. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Hold on. It's the only thing I do know is that we have to be kind. Please. Be kind, especially when we don't know what's going on. Something inside has been awakened. I can no longer be who I was before. But if I am no longer who I was, who am I to be?